0: Simmons, what is up? Are you ready to tell the damn story?
1: I am so ready. And, you know, it just occurred to me I should be sitting here with a mask on or something. Not that I'm, you know, ugly folks who can't see me. But it's, you know, it's the week before Halloween. It's just a few days before Halloween and people are dressing up already. I mean, there's been costume parties for the past few days in different places. Nobody's invited me but I've heard about them. So,
0: well, we might not be in uh wearing masks, but we are masquerading today as <laughs> yes. as film critics. Yes, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> we have much to talk about today. Yes, Chris we do. Alex Simmons, go to the movies, yes. or at least the conversations about the movies.
1: <laughs> 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 okay. right.
0: So, so um
1: There's been a conversation going on.
0: Yes. um, We're going to get to that. We're going to get to the big conversation. Um, But usually we start the episodes with, what are you doing? What's been going on? Let's get a minute Ah, on that. Ah, well, yes. You know
1: what? Well, since you brought it up, you start it up. And then I'll jump in behind you. uh,
0: uh, Big quaking moment in my life
1: happened this week. Oh, (laughs) oh,
0: oh, oh, oh. What, 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 what? Uh... That uh, big-time professional editor uh, sent me back the edits.: Oh, snap. Oh, oh wait a minute, wait, wait,, let's build up to this. How many pages is a
1: manuscript?:
0: uh, It's about somewhere in the general vicinity of 357, around there somewhere.: Okay, so almost
1: 400 pages of yep. work, which, for folks who have never heard this show before,
0: is a novel that you wrote how long ago? Uh, well, it was published, originally published 10 years ago. Right. But it, it took me a while writing it, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you uh, think, he wrote it for decades, No, he
1: wrote it for quite a while, published it 10 years ago, it received a couple of awards, right, and recognition, right, yeah. and then Chris decided to, uh,
0: I was actually, oh, someone offered to take a look at republishing it, um, and it would be a way for me to cross over to a it, you know, a uh, small time hyphenate, but, you know, published by someone else and published by me. Technically, I have some small credits with that. You know, I have uh, boutique credits you uh, publish me um, and then Crime Spree and a few others uh, have uh, published Plus, me. Plus, you are an award-winning journalist. One uh, an award-winning I- journalist, but... Uh, you know not pulitzer and not daily those were all weeklies and there's always this is the process of removing the butts mm. from my professional life <laughs> i'm not going to touch that
1: but i'm <laughs>
0: they're trying to get a buttectomy going so um the the bottom line here is i was thrilled i was thrilled with the cover letter which uh, was complimentary and then started digging in on general areas and every every You know, there's several paragraphs uh, of really helpful stuff. And every paragraph is like, I can do that. Oh, I think I have an idea on how I can do that. I can't wait to start doing that. That'd be fantastic. And then there's, you know, there's edits as you go through the book. This suggestion, that suggestion. Um, Some of the things, you know, I thought I was uh, uh, following in Elmore Leonard's footsteps by having a minimal of uh, dialogue tags. Um, but she still pointed out where I might get better. I was so thrilled at that. I was like, okay, I can do that. Well, you know, so, um, yeah, I don't have to pace anymore. Now I have to dive in. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah.
1: So all those bullets you sweated were for, for, for not, you, 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 you
0: know, part of the process, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're all going to do that, but it's really cool to, um, see someone who has edited, uh, bestsellers uh numerous bestsellers take a look at my stuff and uh not reject it not vomit and see uh see merit and see promise and uh take it seriously and and point me in directions where i can roll up the sleeves and get going because i love that work so i'm excited to do that how about you, bro? What's going on? I don't know man? if I—I I, I mean, you know, I—we never play. Can you top this? But wow, I—I
1: like to sort <laughs> you of sit to
0: top anything
1: for a moment there. That's that's really cool, man. You you earned that one. Well, I hope you, know, you did a little bit of a dance or something when when you got through the letter,
0: you know. Well, you know, uh, I couldn't wait to talk to the goddess about it. Yep. And, yep. Yep. Um, I'm clearing my decks of all the other material I have to do. You know, it's, a uh, it's towards the end of the first marking period, uh, school-wise. So, um, Chris the teacher again for all you newbies. <laughs> and I have, um, the, a lot of seniors. So I have college essays that I have to get back. I want to try and get back this week. So I'm going to be plowing through them and giving them the feedback they need, mm-hmm. uh, and this week is quarterly exams. So we'll be oh, you know, jumping through all that. And then um, in lieu of, you know, an hour or two at minimum of fresh writing, it'll be doing this. This will be, which is fresh in a way, but it's, you know, it's the rewriting. Uh, I, I know, yeah. And uh, as, a, um, as a course I studied with, uh, their tagline said, the secret to writing is rewriting. I don't know if it still exists. It was called Writer's Bootcamp. So... Uh, I believe in that and I'm willing to, uh, run in and employ that starting. Uh, okay, uh, Polishing boots. Okay. Yeah. okay. How about you, bro. So me, uh, a lot
1: of stuff going on. Um, wow. Uh, let me condense it to, um, I, let's see. October 9th, I was speaking at the university of Maryland, uh, Eastern shore, which was great. Did a, a master class with young people about, uh, the power of color art you know, as in coloring, as, in, as opposed to racial color, uh, in terms of enhancing and creating moods and generating for your stories, because uh, they have a sequential program that's really dynamite, a fine arts program at university. Uh, so I was there and I had a great time there. I met some of the people. I actually got an intern uh, from working with them as well. So and she's a wonderful person. And that leads to uh, two different programs, which I cannot talk about, but two different projects, writing projects that I'm developing for children uh, right now and i'm excited about that we've been getting some good feedback on the material we haven't made the big leap yet but you know we're we're running it through i guess you would call it a couple of beta tests before we we, we send it out to where the you know where, where the gods sit upon the throne and decide whether or not there'll be money in production coming your way so i'm i'm hopeful that that's going to come together and i'll keep you posted on that meaning you chris and of course the rest of our listeners
0: and then um wow um how about Jersey and Rob? Have they posted part two of our? Oh yeah, they posted
1: and promoted. Ooh, you said that now that they're going to hear that you did. They posted and promoted like crazy. Yeah, they dropped. a uh, last week, folks, our last episode was a two-parter. Part one was on our show, part which came, which was posted on Sunday, last Sunday, which was I don't have the date in my head right now, and I don't have a calendar in front of me. But part two of that interview dropped on Thursday. There you go. Yeah, there you go, and they promote, and we even got some feedback from, I guess, some of their listeners, who then checked out the first episode and everything. They were very happy with it, so uh, we did well. And I enjoyed that episode. I think for the
0: four well, I enjoyed five, it a lot, which is why I played like, hey, yeah, you, yeah, like to promote that. Yeah, well, so, um, uh, if you haven't heard part two, you, you can go back uh, last week's episode of Tell a Damn Story was uh, part one. And then Lean Into Art is the name of the podcast. And that would be part two. It was, um, you know, to do a, a little post-mortem. It was a great experience. Um, I think I can do a better job. I always think I can do a better job after each episode. Um, but uh, they're they're very interesting. And they approach things from a very different perspective than us. So I think it's a, it's a great dynamic. So if you haven't listened... Go and look at both parts. You can listen to them, kind of a marathon, you know, doing your laundry yeah. and running to the store and you and,
1: know, and actually a dog
0: to the vet and building a house. Uh, that'll be about. It's actually
1: worth listening to more than once because uh, we really hit on a number of really strong topics, and so I think you'll enjoy it. The other thing I'm working on is um, I, I uh, you know, I do a writing course. Uh, I have a, a course, an online course that I, yeah, I. It is called. It is called Go Write for It. Uh, Right, being W R I T E, right? Uh, Yeah, that's right. So I uh, (laughs) will be fine, folks. As soon as the medication kicks in. (laughs) Um, So it's uh, I do coaching and consulting with writers. I'm working with several uh, of my clients now, students now. And when I say students, you and I both I think sometimes think you know, or people might think, oh, they mean just teenagers. No. Uh, we do work with young people, absolutely, but some of these are full-grown adults and, and entertainers. and things, So that's been cool, looking at the new material they're coming up with. And, and a couple of them who are seasoned performers uh, are trying their hand at a story they really, really wanted to tell. It's been living with them for a long time. And it's really great watching that happen and watching them develop their writer's voice. Because yes. they had this persona for the stage and film and video for years, but now to actually help them find that voice in the written form has been exciting. So I'm doing that, and I also just dropped um, the first of a a free three video series on how to commit a crime and not get caught. No, (laughs) how to actually create or construct a mystery. Uh, There's a, a particular tip that I share in this video series that has really been useful from me and a number of people that I love and respect.
0: So, And where can people find that video?
1: Well, actually, I've been really, really nice. As um, I just said, it's free, so I've posted it on my Facebook page, which is uh, Alex Simmons, you know, on Facebook. And then uh, it's also, there's a link in, on Instagram, which is Simmons Alexander. God knows why that happened, but that's, you know, Instagram is funny. When you start to put your name out there in the great sea of other people, sometimes you can't use your own name the way you would like to. So it's you're Simmons- talking
0: to a guy named Chris
1: Ryan. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's just one hair above John Smith.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, but at least is <laughs> Chris Ryan writes, which is cool. I like
0: that. <laughs> but I had to do, yeah. So. I
1: like that. But anyway, so Simmons uh, underscore Alexander on Instagram. Um, Alex 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 Simmons or Alexander Simmons on Facebook. Um, I'm thinking. Where else did I put it? Uh, it's on my website, which is Simmons Here and Now. Is it actually, on Tell the Damn Story? No, because, you know, it's funny, folks. Chris and you know, Chris and I have been buds for, like, a million years. And as I was doing this, I thought, yeah, let me put – well, no, that's the thing that Chris and I do stuff there. And actually, you know, it should be, like, something Chris and I produce that we oh, like, promote I promote.
0: On- I don't think it would be out of bounds for you to put um, – here's a link. You know, we talk a lot about creativity and, and – and cra- here's a link to something that might help you. Boom, I think that would be within bounds.
1: Okay, well, anyway, I want to... You, you heard to, it
0: here first. This is how <laughs> I think.
1: You know, this is how I think. This is, uh, this is a show Chris and I and actually uh, Tim Fielder created years ago. Yeah. We've got, we're, in a, we're into our 110th episode. That's how. Uh, uh, yeah, moving from video into audio and all that. And so to me, it's, it's, it's a partnership. So I wouldn't just drop my thing there. You know, I would talk to you about that. So anyway, thank you. I will do that. So that's another one of the things I'm working on right now.
0: So um, we're going to use that to kind of force a segue into a mini conversation I want to have, and then we're going to get to the main meat of the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so get both. your sandwiches and popcorn and get ready, folks. Yes, and and both of these deal with uh, current pop culture. So we're going to talk if you if you don't mind. We talk. I have a question about uh, the Joker movie, mm. and then we're going to talk about this whole argument about Marvel. And the old master's having a problem. But first. Away from our sponsor. No, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, we should get sponsors someday. That would be cool. Um, so, uh, get right for it. Oh, go right for it. It S- was our sponsor this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, as happens, you know, you go and see a movie. And uh, other people ask you what you think about it and all that sort of stuff. And I have this question about the Joker movie that I have to preface with respect and applause for the creators. I think uh, the writer, the cinematographer, the lighter, the the person who got locations, and, of course, Mr. Phoenix did fantastically well. The cast was interesting. Um, There, there's, There's some questions about why all the people who tell joker no are black people um that's interesting i'd love to see the answer of that question eventually but i have another one and then i heard a rumor that might bear this out and i'd love to get feedback but i have to preface when i'm asking you alex uh i'm not trying to hate on the joker Mm -hmm. i was very moved by the movie um But this question has haunted me. No spoilers, but at this point, I think the world knows that the Joker movie is uh, about mental illness. And I thought it was an extremely effective study about how mentally ill people, especially in this country, especially if they're not rich, are largely forgotten and victimized. And that was that was cinema, no matter what the next conversation, you know, <laughs> Matt the next conversation. Said, this is a great example of a, 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 a movie that is cinema. Um, the question I found myself asking when people were asking, what do you think about it and all that sort of stuff, was that while it, it was a very moving and maybe even important movie about uh, America's treatment of the mentally ill, I didn't know why it had to be a Joker movie. Mm. I think the story, the mentally ill subject matter, um, stood on its own as a strong enough story. And then I heard, uh, in our pre -pre pre-show conversation, I said it would, might've been as far as a 58th hand, uh, 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 source, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this person tends to be a little knowledgeable, uh, and, um, Kind of has, has, does his homework before he espouses things, and he had suggested or said that his his information was that the Joker movie was originally not a Joker movie; it was a movie about mental illness and mm-hmm. how the victim guys and what that turns people into, kind of like a commentary of the uh, um, the pattern of mentally ill people uh, being involved in uh, mass shootings, right? Mm. And, um, that it got a green light with the uh, on the condition that they graft onto it uh, a DC character, maybe specifically the Joker. I cannot, and for the record, I cannot verify this, but it seems to support the question that's been haunting me: Is it why? Is this particular story a Joker story? It makes a point, but I think it's stronger without it saying, and that's how he became the Joker. It's, this is a problem in America, is a bigger point. And I'm wondering, is this the kind of thing that the old masters are talking about when they started complaining last week or two about comic book movies?
1: You you know, um... I wish I could say yay or nay to either of these. I mean, I mean, wish I could say the definitive, definitive answer is this. Right. Uh, unfortunately, um, I've had too many experiences and I know of too much film making history to say, oh, no, there's no way they would have done that. Because, yeah, it happens. Um, this, we are artists, and I'm going to, you know, even though my big toe is not knee-deep. <laughs> look at that metaphor. in the Wow. Film, call
0: 911 yeah, on that metaphor.
1: Yeah, really. Uh, you know, I do more in, in writing and performing as opposed to film production and all that. But uh, it's impossible not to know of the many times that something got greenlit because of a star who said, I'll do it, or because of a, an overlay... Or something that the producers decided, if we throw this in there, it'll work. I mean, there's a, there's a famous, <laughs> <laughs> almost the opposite of what you're talking in terms of a great movie. It, it became a great movie anyway. Uh, this example, but there's a story about the the director um, of Will Smith's uh, Wild Wild West. Oh yeah, yeah, and the giant Kevin spider the story. Yeah. Excuse me. Kevin Smith tells the story. The, the yeah, movie. right. So the the giant spider
0: wanted a giant spider.
1: Right, in, in a previous movie, and the, no go. So when he was put in charge of the Will Smith movie, Wild Wild West, again, so we're back in the 1800s and all that. Well, yeah, they managed to get in a giant mechanical spider. And unfortunately, the movie didn't do all that well. Uh, but the bottom line is, yes, those kinds of decisions do get made in the industry. Right. So it's possible. It's very possible. Uh, Robin Williams, if he had not you know, agreed to do goodwill hunting and got behind that, that movie might not have ever been made True. because it had been turned down a few times.
0: But and, and sometimes uh, stars will, I'll make this movie if you finance that movie. That Sean country. Connery going all
1: the way back to um, when he was doing Bond and he was tired of doing Bond. They got him to come back and do I believe it was Diamonds Are Forever, with the the caveat that they would produce two films of
0: his. Right. right. And that's what well, they did. Mel Gibson went on did another. Um, uh, Lethal lethal in order to get yeah, you do that and I'll you know, and they'll finance him as Hamlet well, he was way past the time where he could play Hamlet, but it, you know, he he did a damn uh, damn decent job on that Um, so, I don't know maybe eventually that question gets uh, handled um, or answered, but you know, I'm always wary of
1: Hollywood
0: putting its thumbprint just for the sake of having said I did that, rather than serving the story, and 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 again it it's the reality
1: and when we get further into this discussion about, you know, the old garden, the new garden and all that, um, <clears throat> it becomes even more and more clear one of the reasons that Hollywood has perpetually done that, or not at all of Hollywood, but a lot of Hollywood producing people have perpetually done it because it's it's not just a business of art and cinema, it's a business of business mm-hmm. and money. And that's that's gonna be a factor.
0: You know, well, sort of bad let's talk about money let's talk about a lot of money let's talk about masters kind of dissing the money or dissing the results of the money right and this last week and i have a few notes here last week or two uh some of the classic directors and uh um, movers and shakers of the 70s and 80s um the fathers and godfathers yeah literally uh came out um in opposition to Marvel movies, uh, I'm going to read you a few quotes uh, to freshen us up. Scorsese, and this is from several sources, so uh, it just picked up off the media. I didn't write any of this. I didn't do any of this reporting. Uh, Martin Scorsese, he of you know Taxi Driver and uh, uh, Raging Bull and so many more movies. He's he was asked about Marvel movies, and he says, honestly, as a quote, honestly, the closest I can think of them as well-made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is theme parks, Of course, Scorsese told Empire Magazine. Uh, it isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experience to another human being. Um, uh, he kind of expanded on that on mm. uh, Entertainment Tonight you know, uh, hey, it's, you know, everybody should make any any kind of film they want. So, yeah, enjoyable, fine, go. And it's an event, and it's great to go to an event like an amusement park, but don't crowd out Greta Gerwig, and don't crowd out Paul Thomas Anderson and Noah uh, Baumbach, and those people just don't in terms of theaters. So he's saying that he's afraid that the, the big dollar event movies that Marvel is making and stuff will crowd out the small independent, uh, uh, filmmakers, right? Coppola, he, he too, you know, he said when Martin Scorsese says that Marvel pictures are not cinema, and that's one of the things that Scorsese said, he's right because we expect to learn something from cinema. We expect to gain something, some enlightenment, some knowledge, some inspiration, um, he says I don't know that anyone gets anything out of seeing the same movie over and over again. Martin was kind when he said it's not cinema. He didn't say it's despicable, which I just say it is. So Coppola is calling Marvel films despicable. Uh, John Favreau, the director of Iron Man, and who's been involved in the Marvel universe, uh, cinematic universe since the beginning, there. Uh, He said that uh, he believes Scorsese and Coppola are allowed to express their opinion no matter what it is. Quote, these two guys are my heroes, and they have earned the right to express their opinions, the director said, in any way they want. Um, Robert Downey Jr. kind of went in a different direction. He said that uh, Scorsese's uh, comments make no sense. And Disney Chief Bob Iger said he was puzzled by the remarks. Um, Benedict Cumberpatch. he said that he understood what the two big uh, 70s directors were saying. He's saying, quote, we don't want one king to rule it all and have a monopoly. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, and then we heard from James Gunn and he had an two interesting takes. One, he said, uh, uh, Martin Scorsese is one of my five favorite living filmmakers, he wrote. I was outraged when people picketed The Last Temptation of Christ without having seen the film. And I'm saddened that now he's judging my films in the same way. Which I thought was a great quote. But then on Instagram, he had this classic. I have two more things to read, and then I'm going to just back off and see what happens." <laughs> so it's James, and we have one other person to talk about. So James Gunn writes on Instagram, Many of our grandfathers thought all gangster movies were the same, often calling them despicable. Some of our great-grandfathers thought the same of Westerns and believed the films of John Ford, Sam Peckinpah, and Sergio Leone were all exactly the same. I remember a great-uncle to whom I was raving about Star Wars. He responded by saying, I saw that when it was called 2001, and boy, was it boring. (laughs) Superheroes are simply today's gangsters, cowboys, outer space adventurers. Some superhero films are awful, and some are beautiful, like westerns and gangster movies, and before that, just movies. Not everyone will be able to appreciate them. Even some geniuses. And that's okay. Mm. The last was uh, Taiki Watiti, who uh, directed um, Thor Ragnarok. And now his new movie out is Jojo Rabbit, where he is the invisible imaginary friend of a young Nazi boy. And he is in the form of Adolf Hitler. And uh, he's going to helm Thor 4, which is Love and Thunder. Uh, they asked him... Harvey. Just like yeah, Harvey. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Harvey. So he was on camera, and they asked him about this, and he said, it's too late for them to change the name of the Mar- to Marvel Tick Universe. Of course it's cinema. It's at the movies. It's in a cinema near you. And that was kind of a nice way to lighten it up and kind of wink and nod. So... You know, there's the conversation. We kind of boiled a week or two down to a couple of minutes. And, but, and um, by the way, we were a little, um, we were a little
1: um, uh, gender unbalanced there. Because oh I
0: yes, I'm sorry. For Aniston, also, she uh, said it diminishes films. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jodie Foster. What's uh, she Last year, Jodie. Uh, let's see if I had my quote here. Um, Jodie came uh, was talking about the fact that. It's bad content. I'm, I want to find her exact quote because I just read it to you a moment ago. And then my, my uh, here we go. Okay. However, in the increasing rush to uh, event films, superhero movies or otherwise, the number, and I just want to make sure, is that her? Nope. Nope. That's the numbers. We'll get to the numbers in a minute. Numbers are coming. Yes. The numbers are coming. Come on. Oh, going to the movie has become a theme park, Foster lamented during the interview. So there's that theme park remark again. Studios making bad content in order to appeal to the masses and shareholders is like fracking. You get the best return right now, but you wreck the earth. It's ruining viewing habits of the American population and then ultimately the rest of the world. So that's one of the quotes from her. Um, Do you think
0: that's true? Fracking?
1: Yeah, it does ruin earth.
0: No, 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 no. I know what you mean. Is is this, are Marvel movies and stuff like that ruining the viewing habits of the American uh, public and eventually the world? Before I would go there,
1: which I'm not saying I wouldn't, I I mean, I don't know that I actually thought of it that way, but before I would even point the finger towards them, I would point the finger at streaming. You know, I mean, let's face it, how many people sit at home binging whole seasons in a matter of a day or an hour. I mean, my 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 growing up years was you had to wait a week or at least till the next day to see such and such. So I think, sure, you know, in terms of... But you
0: also grew up uh, when you were a small child. A lot of the shows you watched were in black and white. Yep. When they turned to color, did it ruin your view? Oh, absolutely. I,
1: I can't watch a, a, a color film now. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> You can't even look at a color comic book. You know, It's got to be black and white comics. No, I mean, the reality is change is, uh, we've heard it, inevitable. It is. Not everything that changes is change for the good or in moderation. I mean, sometimes a pendulum swings one way to the extreme and then to the other and then eventually finds that middle ground. I think that right now, yes, the industry is in change, in flux. Content is king, period. Right. Literally, content is king. There are producers running all over the planet looking for new stuff, new content to put on their screen, whatever size it is. Those people can still come see
0: me anytime they want. I have some content <laughs> <Right>. for the <laughs> That's right. My bank account is open for you to you enter go. anytime you want. Yeah. You may um, my bank account. But, you I mean, that's a reality. It is a reality. And um, I'm going to share a slightly different view of that same reality. Big respect for Jody and like I know it, right? Ms. Bosta and Mr. Scorsese and Mr. uh, Coppola, friends of Ford Coblas, thank you very much. Um, I revere their stuff. But one of the things about the changes that you're talking about is that they allow me to revere their stuff almost at will. I can call up any of their films, whether it's Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or, you know, any of these um, on demand channels, you know, from HBO, etc. We have so much more access to content Mm -hmm. that our current generation coming up now, the ones that I teach in high school. I was talking to my journalist class about this. I said, you know. I have realized that you are the generation that is unstuck in time as far as this stuff is concerned. They're sitting there talking. We have some planning time. They're all in different teams, and they plan what they're going to cover this week, right? And they have to do some high school news, and then they get to do pop culture news. So the high school news, boom, 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 boom. Get it out of the way right away, right? And then the big debate starts on what they're going to talk about. And I was amazed at how free they are to watch anything. Mm -hmm. Binging, yes, they like to binge. But they will binge a show from the 80s, from the 90s, from the aughts. They'll go back. There's one or two who will go back and watch, you know, uh, uh... Films that you would never know that they would that they they knew. I've got that
1: in my cinema studies class at the New York Film Academy. I have I have students who are maybe in their early twenties who know films from like you said the art. They know the silent film stars, not just Chaplin. Who like you know? That's <laughs> You're you thinking
0: 190 art. I'm thinking tw- 20 art. But go ahead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. But
1: again, but there it is. They know those films. This, they may not know some of the ones that come up. They may not know uh, Rashomon, although I've run into a lot of 20-somethings who know Rashomon. Kurosawa's beautiful film from the 60s, black and white, right? You know, so you're right, absolutely. What, what is the difference for me is the mindset of the individual or the nurturing environment they've come from because some of the reactions that we're hearing about is, yeah, I'll call it because Jody she, she doesn't return my calls anyway. Uh, and Francis, the last time we had lunch together was never. So, you know, the reality is, honestly, it sounds like there's, a, there's an elitist attitude in terms of what is cinema, what is good filmmaking, what isn't. Good filmmaking is good filmmaking, period. You as an individual, not you, Chris, but an individual will have his or her opinion about what good is, what makes it fine, wonderful, you know, thought-provoking and so forth. If you, if you have not completely locked in to a particular stream, then you're open to finding quality or crap in anything. True. And most assuredly, of the 22 Marvel movies that have been made, I only have two favorites. I think I've seen all but maybe one or, one or two But my two favorites are Captain America Winter Soldier and uh, Endgame. Those are my two favorites. And they're both my favorites, not because how cool it was to see everybody in costume, which was fun, but because of the messages and certain very human, dramatic moments, very social commentary moments within those films. Maybe the whole film wasn't that, but certainly there were moments in Cap that I loved in Winter Soldier where there were certain moments that I still lock in on when I think of that film. And in Endgame, you and I, we did a whole episode about that show, episode 80-something or other. Look it up, folks. And we completely, not deconstructed in a negative way, we we deconstructed the the costumes and the superpowers out of the storyline just long enough to point out it's a war movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: a war movie. It's about survival. It's about those who didn't survive. It's how those who survive deal with death. It's that, that movie had so much content. And if people listening to our show say, well, that's you two old geezers. Just think that. Then I can relate to them. The fact that I sat in my cinema studies class as some of my students, again, all in their early twenties in this particular case, were at first talking about, Oh, it was just superpowers it Was just this. And as a little debate began to go back and forth, which I said nothing, I said absolutely nothing as I watched them go back and this debate built into a whole thing about uh, belief systems, religion, uh, human dynamics, death in the family, all this stuff. I let it go for like 15, 20 minutes where I said zip. And then I started chuckling because my, my class started looking at me going like, why have you been silent all this time? And I pointed out to him, I said, a moment ago, you were saying the movie wasn't this and had no value other than superpower and spandex. And then you just got into this whole human dynamics dialogue about the film and all the things that you picked up on or didn't pick up on. And they went, damn. I said, right. So sometimes people's preference... For or or their attitude towards something like, oh, they're all wearing costumes, or they're all this, or they're all that, or Marvel did, or DC did. Sometimes your personal prejudice colors your reaction to the actual story that's taking place, and especially if you don't go see it. Then you're really talking from a preconceived notion, and you don't bother to do your homework. Now, again, I know nothing about Francis... Yeah. Or or Martin and, well, I, and Martin, I love their work too. And and Martin
0: Jennifer, did say he,
1: I've he, seen you and friends, and you're you're wonderful. You know, and Jody, damn, I just I haven't we haven't got enough time to say all the good stuff about you. I'm just saying it's it, it's individuals.
0: True. And, well, Martin said he tried with the early ones, and I would challenge him to say, well, if he started with the early one, he started with Iron Man, and Iron Man stands. As a story about a, a, a terrible human being who finds a path to humanity, just because instead of, you know, the the richness of uh, um, some of the other films that uh, would start with um, what, was, what was the masterpiece, *Rosebud*, *Rosebud*. Oh, oh, *Citizen Kane*. *Citizen Kane*. Right now, *Iron Man* is not *Citizen Kane*, but you know, it's it's this the, the destruction of you know. A rich and powerful man, and all that sort of stuff. And that movie as that a that movie know, got pummeled. Sure, when it came out, you know. But the, then the, again, so so did Mean Streets. So yeah. did Taxi Driver. Reckless. So did A uh, uh, Raging Bull. Mm-hmm. So did the uh, when Godfather first came out. They when they were making it, they wanted to toss Al Pacino. They hated him. And I tell you what, God bless Francis, but. Uh, he's on a documentary about the making of Apocalypse Now Oh yes, I about what that. piece of crap he's created. So, yeah. you know, nobody knows nothing until they follow their, their creativity to the best of their possibility and make the best they can. George Lucas got laughed at by some of his filmmaking friends when he showed the, a rough cut of uh, Star Wars with uh, 1940s plane fights in For where the spaceships would be, but you know, Spielberg turned, pulled them over to side and said, "This is going to be great. You're going to keep going." You know, so they've all been there. Now they're worried that film is changing and it's not the way it was for them. He's right. The world is not the way it was when I grew up. One of the great, you know, tricks about parenting is you figure you just about figure everything out, and then as you become a parent and you're ready to toss the wisdom to your, your your offspring, the world changes, right? same thing with creativity and Martin God bless him it's amazing that he can say what he says about Marvel when he's at the premiere of his new film which is called a masterpiece the Irishman which he's taking full advantage of the opportunities of multi-platform that's going to be that is on available on Netflix and in the theaters. Which you know that was the controversial uh, uh, problem with the uh, award-winning film for the Mexican film I think it was last year or the year before in the Oscars because it was released in both. Could it be uh, worthy of an Oscar? Well, here you have an old master doing the same kind of thing. Cinema changes, right? They used so many techniques that were that were uh, cutting edge when they were making their films. This is just the new stuff. Mm-hmm. And about the uh, arguments that these films are not about the human experience, I beg to differ. I cut my teeth as a reader in Marvel on Marvel Comics, you know, and the thing that separated them from everything else was that it was the human experience. They were human beings first and superheroes second, and the movies have supported that. There and is I, a lot to deal with there. Yeah,
1: I think, again, you know... Um, I love loved my grandmother. Um, I really did. She I loved her films. She was fantastic. <laughs> you saw all of them. Wow. <laughs> one. Um, you know, what a she, director. She was a disciplinarian. She was you know a matriarch. She she walked erect. She she was uh, very religious in her particular religion and, and felt that definitely I should be as immersed in it as she was. We had a little conflict there. Uh, there was a lot of things that you know she was grandma and that era and here I was you know, 13, 15, 16, and I knew everything. Okay, that was a lie. But the bottom line was she could be that much of a disciplinarian and, and organized and forceful and 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 just sometimes really judgmental in certain things, and then she would do these silly little funny faces and she'd do these little dances and she'd play jokes on me and she would tell jokes and she'd play jokes on my mom or my grandfather. I mean, she was a whole human being. And where we didn't agree on everything, I got a lot of life guidance and information from her and my mom, but I'm a different person. And my kids who are now you know, all in their 20s, one in their 30s, uh, yeah, there's some of me and their mother in them, but they're also their own people and they're still trying to figure out this world so ultimately, films, and I feel films, theaters, and books reflect the human experience. Well, here it is. This is part of what our society, our world is going through, and these movies reflect that. I will also say, and I know that, that Martin and Jody and, and uh, Francis and anybody else, James Gunn, any of these people who are immersed in this thing, I mean, Jody, since she was a kid, they know this better than anybody. This this I just hold this up. Anybody who cannot see. Well, see, we're not we don't do television, but I've got a clipboard here with a big sheet and it's got nothing but numbers on it. And the numbers represent the thing that really powers Hollywood. Hollywood's content might be entertainment, might be documentaries, might be emotionally thought provoking films. But the way that they do that is money. Mm -hmm. And and money is for some of the people there in the hot seats or the throne seats is what this is about. Now, I know that when Disney, which used to be Walt and Mickey and Donald, and that's what we thought of when we heard Disney, when Disney bought Marvel Comics, they the the number I remember at the time was about four billion dollars that they paid for Marvel Comics. That money was just about made back with the first cap. America movie. Between Captain America and Iron Man, those early films, that money was made back. And and as far as I know, and I was not in the room. As far as I know, Disney did not put any money into those films because they were still negotiating the deal when those films were being made. I could be wrong. Uh, but if I look at what's written here, what I took notes I took off of the internet um, from several sources because you got to do that. Avengers Endgame. In two thousand nineteen, in July, the number for Avengers Endgame was two point seven nine billion dollars, which topped Avatar at 2.788 billion. Billion. Not hundreds of thousands, not millions, not hundred million, but billions. Marvel's turned out twenty-two films over the years, which represents over a hundred billion dollars domestic. And that's about 10 years. Yeah. So, Captain America in 2011, when it first came out domestically, and I'm not going to go through all these numbers, but when Captain America came out in 2011... Which Captain America film? The, the very first one. Oh, yeah, the first Avenger. Captain America, right? 100, the first Avenger. Yes. Yeah. Captain America, first Avenger. It's 176654505 $1,000 domestic. Damn. It was 300 it's over 370 million by the time uh, worldwide. Yep. Okay. Now, if I just jump down to Captain America: Winter Soldier. Now remember when when Captain America: First Avenger came out, domestic was 176 million plus. Yep. Winter Soldier 259 million plus just domestic. You go to worldwide was over seven hundred thousand uh, uh, 714,264,000 plus. These are these are big numbers here. They are. You know, Guardian, which had no preliminary, the first Guardian movie. If Captain America did one seventy six in two thousand eleven, in two thousand fourteen, just three years later, Guardians, which was the the, the dark horse of the thing. That's another comic book company, but was you know. It was, it was a, a wild shot. It was a wild yep. shot. Yeah, 333 million plus domestic, 773 million plus worldwide. Yeah, just three years after some of this stuff it started to get its foot in the door. Now here we are five years later. You know, and we're talking billions. That's a, that's a, an impossible amount of money for business people not to want to keep going for. And if we talk one more thing I'll say, looking at all those numbers, it hasn't put a, a penny in my pocket. As a matter of fact, it took money out of my pocket. As a matter of fact, I'm reading somewhere in there are my dollars, right? Sure. Right? And when you say that, you know, I think I forget who was you quoted that said they can't see where it any of the Marvel movies has served any beneficial purpose or something like that. I forget what the exact quote was.
0: It doesn't um explore the human
1: but there was another one, there was another part of that. Because the moment you said it, I immediately thought of the Black Panther film. Mm-hmm. All right, and I'm, I'm sorry, that thing had such a major impact, not only on black people, although that was a big one. That's the big one. On the amount of black people, of uh, people of color who came out for that film, came out to see that film for months, who reveled in that film, who, who embraced, you know, if, if they hadn't before, for whatever amount of time, black and white, embracing Africa. That was suddenly Camelot. Suddenly we had King Arthur and his knights, and the knights were dark. You know, this was, this was huge on so many levels. And yeah, it was a movie. Yes, yeah, superheroes, costumes, things blowing up, bad guys fighting good guys, all of that. But there was also the story of Killmonger and T'Challa in there. About family and generational respect and responsibilities, you know, if we got it and we don't share with anybody, what does that make us? All of that was in there. So I, I, really do think a lot of it has to do with who you are and where you sit in the world. Obviously, affects how you view things. But I would, I would beg to differ with all of these revered people. I really would. I, not, not, you know, out of the twenty-two, as I said, only two are my absolute favorites.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well. Out of out, out of the twenty two, twenty three are my favorites. <laughs> twenty three. Well, you know, I'll I'll include Far From Home, which is the twenty third. Um, but each and every one of them have been a, a satisfying experience for me mm-hmm. that nourished my uh, uh, my thoughts on humanity, my inspiration to keep writing and that kind of stuff. Same way that. Martin's work or, or Francis's work has and continues to every time I watch it. I don't know if I can if I'm flipping through uh, cable and I, one of the channels is playing Godfather, I don't know that I can continue to flip on. It always it always stops me. I always have to watch that again. So Francis you know we still love your stuff. We still revere your stuff. Uh, you know And look forward I, to more. Yeah and and you know you were talking about Black Panther but we know that uh, as beautiful as that film is, its roots are deep in the Marvel tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your good friend wrote the comic, you know, that Don McGregor. Yeah. I'm sorry, Don McGregor. Yeah, Don McGregor wrote the, the series that it was based on. And and Jack, if we go all the way back to the creator of Black Panther. You know, Jack created Black Panther uh, and the rich kingdom of Wakanda. Because, you know, uh, a racist uh, boss said you you can't you can't show blackface here. He has to have the full cowl. You know, can't have a black guy on the cover. said, so, all right, but uh, I'm gonna give him a little background. <laughs> <laughs> the richest, most scientifically advanced place on the planet. Man, if that's not a statement of hey,
1: it's, I would. I would. Let I the would, world progress. You know, I would. Caution, us back I would to caution, this. It. One thing here, uh, because neither one of us were there, um, I would caution, I don't know what the suits were thinking when they said this. I I do know that you know the fact that they could have been racist, absolutely could have been. I also know that Marvel had already experienced some racism because they had released a comic book with another black character in it and they actually had their stuff sent back to them. Not only the stuff, not only the book that that character was in, but any Marvel books that have been packaged with that book got sent back to them. So whether I can see again, guys.
0: Stand back. That inspired it, or whether it was bosses saying, "Oh, we can't have that." I mean, for me, you're right. Uh, but it it also boils down to the same thing for me. You know, rather than shy away from that, uh, Jack moved right. us. Being, being
1: being clear not to call somebody that I didn't know X. Just the way you were being
0: clear about not being able to quantify. Right, and I, and I, yeah. I agree with you completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I will go with either interpretation of that backstory, but it's Jack's taking that yeah. being creative with it Absolutely. and creating a richer tapestry, and then McGregor creating a richer tapestry, and then the MCU creating a richer tapestry. A tapestry you know, like is like now. This is the roots of the same kind of stuff that Martin and Francis are missing. It is human. They are human stories that they are, have the trappings of excitement. Listen, when Sonny gets shot down at the at toll the booth, spoilers, yeah. 40-year-old and 50-year-old movie, spoilers, you know, with like 4,000 bullets. What's the difference between that... And, you know, Star Wars lasers or Thanos punching with a magic glove. It's Mm -hmm. the same kind of over-the-top excitement that cinema has done since the first, you know, Charlie Chaplin's. You know, it's...
1: Well, what is it? Um, One of the scenes that I show in my cinema studies group is Battle for the Potemkin. There's a a scene in that film, which is, again, a silent movie shot in Russia years ago. Years and years ago. Um, And it is... The peasants or the citizens of the town are waving, standing on this beautiful stairwell in the city's streets. This beautiful stairwell goes up maybe like four levels. It's wide, it's huge, and they're, they're their backs are to the top of it, and they're waving out to the the, the pier where the, the battleship Potemkin is 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 mowed, is tied, um, moored. There you go. I'm having trouble talking here. It's moored. That's bad on a podcast. And the sailors on this have rebelled against the, the government at that time because they feel that they're being you know, oppressed and not treated as, 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 as decent citizens. And so the, the citizens of the town are showing support, waving and saying hello to them and all this, guy. and suddenly the Tsar's soldiers are lined up at the top of the stairs behind them with those wonderful rifles, with the bayonets, and they're in this line, straight line and they start marching down the stairs, shooting people. And the people start running down the stairs in a panic. And you see the sweep of common folk it's not elegant folks being it's not the poor fo- it's everybody is being shot down you've got people who are amputees you've got the old the young babies everybody and the stairs are maybe like I said four layers, but the scene goes on they keep shooting from a different angle different angle as if those stairs are about a mile and a half long and it's 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 amazing to watch and has been there have been homages to this in cinema for decades mm-hmm. including the untouchables with kevin costner it's a scene in like a grand central like um, train station and they do the whole thing with a baby carriage no it's, it's absolutely woody allen did it coming That's, down the stairs right yes at some yeah. point yeah. <laughs> what we, what we do now is influence a by who came before us and what we do now will at some point inter,
0: influence those who come after us. All right. So it was the grand staircase. But then in Asian films, it was the uh, staircase inside the uh, house. house. And then it became Daredevil and Netflix. Yep. staircase Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then in uh, Winter Soldier. Uh, I think, or civil war, one or the other. There was the staircase vice with Captain America. Oh, the homage is there. The language yeah. is there. The you know, you uh, can't
1: get away from the people that you watched or read, the performances you saw when you were growing up, and the people who who created the type of thing you want to create. You can't, you cannot forget that it's in there already. And so I think again, I like Gunn even said James Gunn said it. I think you said someone else. These are there these are their heroes, Mm -hmm. Scorsese and and Coppola, you know, and I'm again, Jodie Foster started out as a child actress and she's now directing and everything else. I mean, she's, she's a powerhouse. She's a talented human being. Mm -hmm. So I think again, what they feel, what they, what they want and don't want to do with this genre, this, this, this era in filmmaking is as, as artists is one thing. I think I do feel that they're right. In that it becomes harder for smaller films, or moderate-sized films, or films with no superpowers and gimmicks, to get made, when the mm-hmm. bean counters are only looking for numbers, when they're looking for what's going to give me that box office success, and that might tie back to, might tie back to, your earlier question about right. did they put the Joker skin right. on this other film.
0: And I I think that that question remains, but I would also offer up as an alternative that more filmmakers have been employed on various platforms. Mm -hmm. There's just more opportunity for creatives to participate in their art. You know, whether it winds up on Netflix or Hulu, or Amazon uh, or Apple yeah, or, or Showtime. Yeah, or, or in a small theater. And then, you know, right now, Kevin Smith is touring with his new movie, Jay and Silent Bob, reboot. And it's a commentary about all the reboots and about aging and about family, all those different things. But it's, it's in circulation, but it's almost art house circulation. This is not released the same level as an Avengers movie. And to really get it going, he's showing up at different theaters, him and Jay, and they're introducing it, and they're doing QAs after it. That's, you know, that's a different form of cinema, but it's getting out there. And like his more risque and less successful movies, like Tusk, they that eventually found its audience. But that's Tyler Perry, too. That Best movie's in black. It's it, it it made its money. It didn't yep. make the billions we're talking about, but opportunity is there. And I think in their hearts of heart heart and hearts, Francis Ford Coppola, Martin Scorsese, everyone else that we mentioned will say two things. You know what? If you don't like the show, don't buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. But secondly, every single one of them, from the old masters to the new ones who are doing it, all of them. All of them are trying to find a way to tell the damn story. (laughs) (laughs) Sneaky, 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 sneaky. It's true, though. (laughs) It's true. It doesn't have to be the button on the end of the show, but that's really what it comes down to. Absolutely. Every one of them are putting their heart and soul in this. You know, they're not. um, If you don't like the Marvel movies, you're not going to listen to their their message, you know. Some people are going to love this. Some people are going to hate this. That last Star Wars movie, I really enjoyed. People online ripped it to shreds. It is, it is, give me a, just give me a good story. That's it's all a I
1: want. Because again, you talk about, and and you, and I agree with you, you talk about really just, just give me a good story, just give me a good time. Just it doesn't even have to be something that that makes me think more deeply about the social conditions of the world. I mean, if I just go in. And I feel like that was money well spent. I had a good time with the character, the situation, whatever. You've done your job, which is really wonderful. I I think I told you, and again, it was one of our episodes. We talked about the, um, my birthday came around. It was early June. And I wanted to go just see something and have fun. And I went to see this movie that I had no particular belief was going to even be good. But it was so nonsensical for me to go see this movie that I thought, what the heck? I'll go. I went to see Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I had no idea what... Let me just go see it. Had a blast. Had an absolute
0: blast. Right? Great. Was was it an amusement park ride? Hell yes. Yes, absolutely. But sometimes you just want to eat the popcorn. Thank you. Thank you. And at the same time,
1: a month later, I got to see a movie that I missed when it hit the theaters because it came and went so fast, uh, uh, Hidden Figures. Oh, man. And I sat... That's That's cinema right there. I sat and I watched that movie... In a, in a movie theater, but it was a movie theater in a library. So it was still a big screen, which I, I by the way, folks, watching movies on little screens is watching TV. I just want to say that right now. Uh, we'll talk about that in another show. But I came out of seeing Hidden Figures, and I sat in the seat in my car for about 15, 20 minutes, reliving not just a movie, but I was alive when that was going on. I was old enough to somewhere in the back of my faulty memory, still remember the sound of Kennedy's voice on the air, the sound of some of the commentary at that time, the enthusiasm, the thrills, not only nationally, but internationally. I could still hear vague snaps and snatches of that. And in all of that information being radiated across the planet, I never heard anything about these women. And that hit me, that hit me so hard in the chest. You know, and you understand civil rights and slavery and everything, all of that. But that moment, just to, to you know I didn't I didn't know, I didn't hear a thing about them.
0: I didn't know, yeah. You know? And
1: so now, now even he's in- that movie does its thing and 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 Godzilla told its story and Hidden oh, Figures well, told wow. hell of a story. <laughs> well, that Godzilla movie didn't
0: really tell a story. Yes that it was did. That I felt monster
1: porn. That's what that was. No, I, I tell you, I, you know, when 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 Martha started kicking butt, I was right there with her. Man. Sure,
0: sure, sure. Yeah, buddy. I'm just oh, playing. Spoiler, sorry, folks. Spoiler. hidden figures, you know, uh, I hate to tell you, man, I'd love to be with you step by step, but uh, I don't have natural memories of those. I was way too young. Oh, this, but it's still, it's <laughs> I'm gonna, still. I'm gonna catch me. you sometime. <laughs> it hit me as such a great story. It hit me as great performances. It hit me as such a, a well-produced movie. And and in all that, every step about that, every frame of that was exactly what you said. Why didn't we know this? Why didn't we know this? And, and we God know bless. We know this, but you still find yourself. Why didn't we know this? Yeah. God bless that we know it now. And God mm-hmm. bless that there is there are those still those opportunities to make those. And if. All these billions turn around and make Disney open up some opportunities for some other movies, which they morally should because there's so much money here. And same thing with Amazon Amazon's the owner of Amazon's making more money than the rest of the planet. He should turn around, fund some small independent filmmakers, you know? I mean, yes, Why yes, not? yes.
1: Why not? Why not? Why it's not? It's all
0: about paying forward, right? It's all mm-hmm. about helping each other tell that damn story and finding ways, but with respect to the Masters, I think it's a both and rather than either or. You know, yeah. in November, next month, it's just around the corner, Godfather 2 is going to be shown on the big screen as a Fathom event. I want to see that. Go I see wanna, it, yeah. That. I want to, you know, I, I want to see the next 400 uh Marvel movies. I want to see what more, I want to see The Irishman. The audience is more diverse now, and I think they are more, uh, potentially, not every single person, because some people just will like one movie or one kind of thing, and that's it, Mm -hmm. you know? They always watch this show, or they always watch Mm -hmm. that show. Absolutely. Some people only eat meatloaf and gravy, you know? It's so much open that you can educate yourself to it all, to everything. And it's, it's, as you said, with
1: with the streaming systems and all of that, almost all of it is available you know you can you can go back 30 40 50 60 100 years in filmmaking you can get it you can find it somewhere
0: and so, you can go you can go on to libby and and and, and libby is a public library service yep, that's right and you can borrow the books online but you can also borrow movies and that kind of stuff so yep. uh, it, it's not always oh, i can't afford cable you, you know absolutely you can get a lot of stuff boy with this opportunity and yep. and martin and francis and jody and all of them, and Bobby and Irene. But, but we want to have this other stuff too, you right? Know?
1: So and let's that's go. That's telling that you know, damn story, <laughs> damn straight. All right, there. Okay, everybody. By the way, always just, a pleasure. Just absolutely, but I just want to quickly say to our audience, please, 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 we just shared our feelings and thoughts and comments on this. Please do the same. Keep yes. keep those comments and keep those 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 cards and letters coming in uh,
0: electronically. That's Let right. us know what you think. Should. Please, we're looking forward to it. Okay, take care. Peace, brother. Peace, brother.